Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You know how when someone asks you, how are you? You just say fine, even if you're totally dying inside so everyone can just go about their day. In each episode of the award-winning podcast, Terrible, Thanks for Asking, host Nora McKerney asks real people to share their complicated and honest feelings about how they really are, whether they're experiencing grief, trauma, failure, or everything in between. It's sometimes sad, sometimes funny, often both. So subscribe to Terrible Thanks for Asking wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey Griefsers, I hope you're having an okay week wherever you're listening. If you've joined me, thanks to the Spotlight editorial program from Apple Podcasts, thank you, welcome. Uh, thank you. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you're choosing Griefcast, I know everyone's podcast time is, is finite. There's so many podcasts out there. So it's very exciting that you've chosen me. So I just want you to know I really appreciate it genuinely. And thank you for your lovely comment on this new season as well. I've been blown away, as I always am, by how amazing my audience are. So thank you. This week, I'm talking to the incredible Yola. Yola is a musician, a singer, an actor. She is a Grammy-nominated musician. She is about to appear as Sister Rosetta Tharp in the new Baz Luhrmann film about Elvis Presley. Her new album, Stand For Myself, is out now, and she's an extraordinarily talented woman. You would probably recognise her voice as well. She's sung on lots of other songs. Um, I was really honoured that Yola gave me her time to speak to me. She came in to talk to me about her mum, who died of motor neuron disease when Yola and herself were estranged. Yola, I have to say straight away, your new album is so good. It is so good. (laughs) I have not stopped listening to it. Yes, that's what I wanted. (laughs) Oh my God, I have been boogieing away to it so much. And you know when you think, I've got to stop listening because I want to enjoy this, but I just keep keep doing the repeat. I'm like, no, do it again, put it on again, put it on again. And, um, and I had it on my daughter obsessively listens to music in the morning and so at the moment she's on a real 80s flex so like, okay. we've been listening to like hardcore like Whitney Houston 80s stuff which is fine but then uh, quite a lot of Brian Adams has been creepy in and this morning I was like oh do you want to listen to something new and she was like is it like she only likes upbeat stuff so she was like is it is it far she's four by the way yeah. and um, I played your album and she was like this is good <laughs> This is good. So we listened to it again this morning. I was like, yes, got a break yes. from, um, from Summer of 69, which was really good, to be honest. I'm a great track, <laughs> but it's nice to not hear it for the 17th day in a row. Um, but congratulations, because yeah. it's Thanks. such a good album. Thanks. So good. I was in charge of more, and every one time someone tells me, I like this, re- I really, really like this, though. I'm like, good, because I was in charge of loads of stuff. So that means you like me more. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It's such a good, it's like, yeah, it's really, 
Oh, I mean, I loved it. Maybe we can, we'll get onto this because I loved it because it's got that sneaky thing of being very upbeat and then you tune in, you're like, this song is actually about something sad. Yes. <laughs> but you're like listening to it going like, woo, yeah, the great divide, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, what's she saying? Oh, <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> well, I love stuff like that because it makes you, it really grabs you rather than just being like, oh, those are just throwaway lines and this is just a poppy song. Like, there's nothing wrong with that time and place for that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, congratulations because it is absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Um, so yeah, Yola, I know it was a, a personal album and perhaps that's connected as well to my next question which is who are we remembering today we are remembering my mother who uh, yes what was her name her name was margaret margaret corty um she was from uh saint michael in barbados and Mm. she came to the uk on the windrush and wow and she uh, came to join the NHS as a registered nurse and she started as a staff nurse and then trained and trained up until she was SEN and uh, uh, main things is she could find a vein in the dark she could find a vein <laughs> blind she could just bow found a oh, vein I love those nurses found a vein found oh a vein <laughs> I don't have I have bad experiences of of the nurse you know the, like the early nurse it's like yeah yeah I think I can do this and you're like no no get mm. the one who can do it like yeah. I, I don't want you I want the one that can find it every time because my veins are bad and they're like no no I, I'll be fine and then like you know five turn a case later they're like I'm gonna oh. go and get Margaret and you're like yeah <laughs> get the lady that can do it like a hundred percent and it was yeah. always the case and it's kind of like my mother's story isn't the happiest of stories by any stretch of the imaginations. It's not really a, a mystery that people from Windrush aren't being treated desperately well. And this isn't the first time they've had a dreadful time of yeah, it, yeah. you know. And so, like, her expertise, her ability to find a vein, like, you got to a point of, like, just being good at everything. And if you were an ethnic minority, there was a ceiling. And you'd never get to these management roles. They'd never get you to RMN version um, level, basically, where you would then, or, you know, to be in charge of the ward altogether. It was always, you would train everyone to supersede you. That's kind of what the narrative was. And I remember just growing up knowing, like, all of this. She'd be like, oh, I'm going to be training someone else to supersede me soon. Like, um, that was always... That young blonde girl <laughs> who yeah. couldn't find your vein and oh, still can't yeah. find your vein, but <laughs> has got enough training, enough that she knows about some of the managerial stuff, and she gets older and older, and then she finally supersedes you, and you're still there doing what you're doing until you inevitably retire. And so, like, that's that was a lot of my mother's experience, you know? Yeah. That was her connection to being here. And the idea was to make enough money and then move back to Barbados and like build somewhere nice and just chill down. And, uh, but like a lot of the land that used to be available um, didn't exist anymore. Had been bought up. Like people's memars. They grew up on a plot of land. A bunch of other people grew up on a plot of plots of land across the coast into town. Uh, my mother's plot was more into town. But, you know, they, they dream, oh, I'll just get somewhere a bit closer to the coast and, like, I'll build something there. That's no longer an option when... You know what people talk about, like, when they develop places and uh, they move someone off a plot. Yeah. Um, because they want to they build a a bypass or they want to build a hotel or they want to build like uh, some modern flats or whatever they want to do. And there's one holdout grandma that's like, no, I know the value of my, you know, like there was so much baiting and switching going on because at that time, like, you know, I don't think people are as savvy as they are nowadays. Now everyone knows like, you hang on to your plot yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of situation. Well, yeah, sure. Something, like, someone swung along with talk of, you know, a big cash money and you think, oh, well, okay, yeah, 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 sure, I'll take that. Because, yeah, the days before all the development had been developed, 
It, it's hard yeah, to imagine but it. it. It is, but you don't know like the value of like yeah, where you are. Yeah. And so the idea of like waiting until someone passes and then going, oh, we'll give you this for it. <laughs> yeah. kind of thing so you so there was no going back so she stayed so she much stayed here bit, yeah she did she stayed in the uk and uh in porter's head just outside of bristol wow. and what happened how did she die uh she died of motor neurons disease oh. which i know it's literally like your body becomes a prison very slowly yeah, yeah. And when was she diagnosed with that? Do you, obviously you remember that diagnosis because it's quite, I had a friend's mum passed away of the same thing and it's quite, it can be a prolonged process, a prolonged period of illness. Uh, yeah, well, here's the kind of the, the caveat of when my mother was diagnosed. Uh, we were estranged. Right. I spent a lot of time... <laughs> trying to make some sense of our relationship. Uh, she had all of the tenements of a clinical psychopath. Right. Which, <laughs> which can be funny sometimes, <laughs> yes, but like is, no, it really can be. But like, I've often described her as the black female Cartman from South Park. <laughs> like, she's just like, she was that wrong right. in her humor. Okay. And, but sometimes as a result of that, kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah. But like, but as Cartman is in South Park, sometimes just no, just don't know. No. Not there, Why don't go there. That? There is bad. Don't go there. Uh, like, I don't know how disgusting and how blue these oh, things normally get, but if we're going to talk about my old dear, she was, I, I've got, there's one, there's one story I have to, we'll get into this at some point. No, you can be, you can say, what you, it's but not like, it yeah, was, go for it. It was so, it's, okay, so for an example, there was one Christmas, I was trying to force a sense of family. Right, yeah, yeah. So, because no one would do that because like I had these things called feelings and that made me loathsome okay. apparently because yeah, yeah. <laughs> of emotions oh you know I write songs of all my like my songs have like there's a little bit of sadness there's a lot of sentimentality <laughs> I've always been the sentimental baby there's nothing I could do about it so it's Christmas time and I've decided I'm cooking me my partner at the time are cooking and uh I'm just in the kitchen and she starts telling the story about when she used to work on a psych ward and she, the, 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 like, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's so much politically incorrect stuff. It's just like, I'm like, wow, 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 <laughs> ma, woo, woo, first meeting the boyfriend and like, we're going straight in with the, with this, okay. But one of the politically incorrect things, now, if you think of Cartman's from South Park telling this message, this story and then realize it isn't him this yeah, isn't yeah. an exit from south park this was my late mother <laughs> she would say oh so she she talked once in short about how she used to work with this uh young redhead on the ward and most of the time it was her and this filipino lady who were like besties and they were well they they were it was two of them to a ward of 60 and like they were like the classic overworked underpaid kind of paradigm that'll all be fine but um occasionally there'd be like an extra nurse on and it was this redhead girl and uh she talked to her and apparently like she was in a relationship that wasn't going great or whatever anyway long story short she puts in as an aside did you know that um down syndrome people can tend to be well endowed Anyway, um, long story short, she finds Nursey um, atop one of these late teens pitching oh tents like God. every morning, oh as God. if by magic, every morning it was tent pitching time, like just like even across the ward, like tent pitching hour. And like everyone knew it was tent pitching hour. And this, this was Christmas dinner. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like this was... opening gambit for traditional Christmas dinner with your, yeah, your daughter and her partner. No! <laughs> and, and, and I'm trying to tell this grossly inappropriate story. 
as clean yeah, as yeah, I, I can, can tell muster. you're like searching for the clean <laughs> version of the story because it, it's so in, I can tell how inappropriate it is that what's going on oh my god I'm like and so um like we just fell off our chairs laughing yeah, what else I couldn't do? even yeah. stay upright because I was like this is the wrongest and the funniest shit <laughs> I have ever, ever, will ever know of in my life. Because who does this? Oh who goes? And so after she'd done with the story, I was like, Merry Christmas! <laughs> and like, yeah, we fell over. I invited some friends around. Like, we all just hit the deck. It was, uh, I was just like, well, now you've met her. Yeah, um, I feel I feel like my stories will never ever come up to this. Yeah. Oh my god. And yeah. did she think she was being funny, or did she just were telling you matter of factly like what was going on on her ward that day? I definitely think she thought she was being funny, but okay. I don't think she ever knew how funny she was being. Right. Yeah. 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 I think she'll be like, "Oh, this is a jaunty little tale." <laughs> I don't think she ever thought. This is so gross. And the way she described things, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much bigotry in everything you're saying. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, it was so, yeah, she was an event. Let's just make this clear. Okay. My mother was a full scale event. And sometimes so hilarious, your face is going to fall clean off your skull. And sometimes so cringeworthy, your face is going to fall clean off your skull. <laughs> <laughs> like, whichever way, you know, whichever way it is, there's going to be a strong reaction. My yeah. mother's, interacting with my mother was not a weak reaction option. And sometimes she managed to gauge the spirit of things. Yeah. And people would go, oh, she's loads of fun. I'm like, oh, so you got her, you got her at the right level. Yeah, you got the good one. <laughs> Great, cool. Lucky you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But like, obviously, because of the myriads of just inability to understand humanity and how it, how we tether ourselves together as a society, there'd be all sorts of things that would fly out of her mouth that were yeah. toxic. Yeah. And lots of realizations that would never come to her because with the way her brain worked and she was fiercely practical yeah so but not she emotional was good at loads of stuff just like yeah no yeah no <laughs> anything that she did even things she did loads of good stuff but it was a lot of like it's like this is why i described her as cartman because you know sometimes cartman on south park would do something and you go oh this looks like cartman actually doing a nice thing right, and yeah. you go wait a minute what's the i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop here <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. what's the real motivation oh, right. oh it's revenge <laughs> oh it's some oh or it's some really kind of like inappropriate generalization of a whole group which is why he's done like, like there was always like another shoe waiting to drop moment yeah, yeah. Um, that was just like wait a minute i'm gonna why are you doing this what oh, happened when you oh, um... that's depressing <laughs> but you know <laughs> but hey people are benefiting so i'm not gonna piss on your chips yeah yeah and like <laughs> what happened when you that first was... when you first watched south park were you like oh I recognise this. Yeah. Like, did you have a moment of like, oh, that's, yeah. I know. <laughs> it was uncanny. Wow. I was like, I was like, it's mum. <laughs> it's mum. Wow. The butt of the joke of this entire series is mum. Wow. Oh, dude. <laughs> and, but I didn't, but I didn't understand like what Cartman was modelled on. Yeah. So mom, Cartman is modelled on clinical psychopathy. Yeah, <laughs> and so I the the time I realised was when I read through the encyclopedia definition of psychopathy, and it felt like I was reading my mother's diary. Wow! <laughs> and I was like, and so then like I sent it to anyone that like knew her. I went, who does this remind you of? And they're like, Margaret Duh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. This is I. I'm gonna I'm gonna resend this to you with the heading. And they're like, ooh, <laughs> dude. Dude. I'm like, <laughs> dude. It was so... 
How old it were you when so you read hard. that? Like, how old were you when you kind of were like, oh, uh, twenties, twenties, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like better late than never, I suppose. But yeah. but Jesus, yeah. like I could have used that information earlier. Let's put it that way. I think it's hard. I've spoken you know. to other people, you know, with similar things with parents that had uh, what we would now describe I guess of like a mental disorder or something and and they all seem to not find out until they read a book at like in their 20s and they're like hang on a minute I thought that was just you know how parents are (laughs) and then they're like whoa that's not or they start speaking to people as they sort of leave their circle of friends that like know the mum do you know what I mean so they're like oh that's just your mum and you go to university or something or you leave that your town and you explain to someone my friend had a thing like this and as she was explaining it to other people they were like that sounds weird she was like no that's just that's my parent right and they were like no that's no that sounds weird (laughs) but I think it's hard when you've (laughs) grown up with it right because it's hard to be like you said it's your normal and I guess if everyone knows her as that you know and it's interesting, isn't it? She was a nurse because obviously to be a nurse, like part of the skill of a nurse is to be really practical and not let your emotions get bubble over. Like, so yeah, she must have been a really good nurse. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, society rewards psychopathy. This is the problem. <laughs> like people talk about CEOs and like yeah. all the highest people that are functioning in business being psychopaths. Yeah. It's because society rewards that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not... It's not like a mental disability. She doesn't get to lean into the trope of crazy black lady because it's too functional. Yeah. It works. Yeah. And yeah. so like that's that's why it becomes hard to diagnose in that way. Um, because society wants you to be more like this, yeah. if anything. Did she ever get diagnosed or did you ever speak to her about no. it? No, just like yeah. No, I said you're a legit psychopath you know that right she goes yeah i probably am and part of if you do the psychopath test i don't know if you've ever read the psychopath test it says even if you do know it you probably don't give a crap (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's how you get like another point on the psychopathy test i was like yeah because lots of people i think if you're not you're like you worry god am i a psychopath i'm like god that'd be so awful god i hope i'm not yeah and that obviously clearly when you're like yeah maybe i am is like oh yeah oh dear okay so um how old were you when she um got sick then like what was your yeah what age were you when that you were already estranged from her at that point were you sort of in your yeah uh, so i was estranged around the age 27 okay from about age five to age 27 i was playing a primary role in emotional geography Mm. um for just the household relatives life yeah yeah like just i was the one that had the feels and so if something like we grew up we were being we were like of the era of kids that were smacked and stuff like that and so which i understood the function of what it was i don't have time to have a long conversation with you why you shouldn't run into the freaking street but i do have time to clip you across the bloody edge you dumb child and so i'm like i understand the function of it even in my my youth but we're gonna have to mitigate how that happens so once she comes with like a lead pipe i'm like you can't use that you know um you know that movie we watched? Yeah. You know the baddie did that thing and you said that that's abuse and they're bad? Just take five seconds. And she looked at herself and she looked at the hand and she looked at me. She looked at us. she's like, yeah. Wow. She gave it a little test knock. Yeah, that's going to be too bad. Sorry, I was just piping outside. I wasn't thinking. And so I'm like, cool. Glad this is my responsibility. I'm five. And like... Uh, and so, like, that was, like, I always had to have my head on a swivel. Yeah, yeah. And there was no chill. I always had to be informing people how to treat me. And little did I know that being a black lady, that would just be the mainstay anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I have to do this with everybody. Oh, okay, cool. Um, in a way, it's kind of useful. I got a bit of training <laughs> with my mother. But, like... But hard, like, hard. I, but, but yeah, because there's no chill. You yeah. don't have that place of solace. But I guess that place know? of like and safety so, and calm that you come back yeah, to from, like no. you said, the place of being a black woman in, in society that we've grown up in. 
going out externally and the pressures and the um you know microaggressions and biases that you're dealing with there you're not coming back home to a place and, where it's like here you don't have that here here you're safe yeah and, and real aggressions i got my ass handed to me many times in port said for being black mm. i got beat up just all the time <laughs> and so i couldn't even once i got beat up so bad in uh, a forest on the seafront it's like a line of trees by where the Lido um, is. Um, I used to like to climb trees and look out to like Dennis Powers and uh, Barry Island from there. <laughs> you could see across, um, you could see across the, um, is it the seven or whatever, yeah, yeah. seven, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I was like looking across at my lovely Welsh buddies. Hello! <laughs> so what waving see whether they could see me i'm like it's kind of fine they probably can't see anything but like um yeah but there was no there was no like when i go back home i'm going to be comforted so there's no point even getting into it mm. because the only thing that's going to happen is that the radius of where i'm able to explore is going to come in and there's going to be no comfort to balance that and so I just, I'd say I fell out a tree. Wow. And, and, and that's why I look like this. <laughs> and that was, that was life. Life was, you're alone and you have to deal with this without anyone caring for you. And then I'm a black lady, so that just carries on. Yeah. And all I do is find like environments that seem normal to me. But because of the environment that I grow up in, the things that seem normal, that like even things that are appreciably slightly better still suck ass. Mm. And so, yeah, like the whole, that environment of like growing up and not really having, like if she understood uh, there's a brand of like danger that like if someone's doing something and it's like a direct obvious threat and they're doing it out in the open, I could go, I'm gonna go get my mum. And they were all like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and so like, if it was like a real thing that couldn't, like wouldn't, you know, that was happening literally around the corner and it wasn't like my radius could come in in any way. Yeah. It was just someone dropping the N word yet again. Yeah. I could go and get my mum. She put the fear of God into it because she did give a singular fuck. And, uh, and that was useful. But like, there was no, there's just was not the, the, the level of comfort that you would ordinarily get. Mm. Like, like, she just didn't understand how to give. And so like, I think I was always searching for that. And as time went on, like the other traits of having a complete absence of guilt and excessive narcissism would, which are constituent parts of psychopathy, would come to the fore to the point where it became impossible to be in her company. And that meant that I had to estrange myself. So like, I think I must have been like a size 24 and a good like 20 something stone. I was just eating my feelings and I had arthritis everywhere. I still do from that time. And I was just like, I really need to just take care of myself. Okay, so I'm gonna take five minutes because all of this is toxic. Yeah, yeah. And I wanna try and heal myself. And hopefully by the time that I come back down um, from that size and this level of pain I'm in, both physical and emotional, and I have a, a, heart, a handful of boundaries because <laughs> i'd never had any of those either yeah, yeah. um that maybe then i'd be ready um to deal with this and i was in the late 20s at the time and i was like that's about a good time to to make that next step you know i think we all when we get into the late 20s we start feeling 30 approaching i call it the 29 panic like, <laughs> Yes. When you're like, I need to get my shit together. Yeah. All of this is not sustainable. And like, you make some adjustments for the next period of your life to be more sustainable than the than the life of your 20s, which is probably a good job because none of us could survive the the life that we made for ourselves in the 20s. No, and absolutely. So, you definitely need that. I can't drink that way anymore. No. <laughs> So she, did she get in contact with you to say she was ill? Like, did you, because if I can understand, you know, you've, you've cleared, like you said, you've moved yourself away. You've built that little kind of barrier of boundary. And then when you find out someone's ill, that must be quite difficult to go, oh, now, you know, all those feelings like, of her, you know, her being your mother. I didn't find out. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. I found out just a lot later. Wow. 
And I had no idea. To kind of another kind of exit um, was um, in my life in interviews I've talked about in the past about being homeless. Mm. Um, I called up my mother before I was homeless to say, I'm about to be on the streets. Like my friend had to go to hospital and for a long time and I'm not going to be able to keep up the bills in this place. And I've just about got a job about to come in and that's going to square me up. But until that job comes in, like I'm behind a month, so they're going to take my deposit. Yeah. I'm a student. Of course I'm behind a month. That's yeah. pretty standard for yeah. student life. Come on. Especially living in London. Like, I don't know anyone who wasn't a month behind. No. Like, uh, the only people I knew that weren't a month behind were people whose parents were paying their bills or yeah. had, you know, two parents that were doctors, you know? And so, like, and she was like, oh, you'll probably be fine. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm telling you right now, I'm an abject danger. I need to come home. And she's like, oh, do you know what? I've made your room into an office now. Like, I just, uh, do you know what? Like, it's going to be a real inconvenience to me. I'm like, it's going to be an even more inconvenience if I'm a dead body. And she's like, oh, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm terrified. Wow. Um, and anything. Oh, I, Yola, that's so after, hard. Uh, that's so hard because it must have been hard for you to even reach out. To be that, des- you know, you've moved to London, you're trying to be independent, to, to hit the yeah, point where you're like, is... okay, I do have to ring you. <laughs> like, and yeah, I do and have this to wasn't say. even, and it wasn't even, and this wasn't when I was 27. This yeah. was like when I was 21. Wow. So we'd already had a six years previous to that of me trying to navigate the fact that if I was going to die, she would have done less than nothing to help that, ha- to stop that from happening. Like if I was going to be on the streets, beat to death for all of my belongings then and I was mugged yeah yeah god <laughs> and it was like because I looked like a freaking noob like you walk around look like a noob on the streets they're like cool <laughs> dickhead like <laughs> I'm like oh shit of course yeah I, now I know um but uh, like day one you're just like you you're you're surprised that it's even happened to you and they're like ha fresh blood yeah god, and so like so yeah, there I am looking like a, I'm 21, I'm a freaking girl. Yep, yeah, like come on. I'm lucky I wasn't sold into sex slavery, to be honest. And like that honest, like that was my environment that I was yeah. thrust into because the people in my life at the time, friends that claimed they were friends, I called them to, oh, you know, you've got, I, I know you've got a spare room. Oh, it's just not convenient because blah, blah. I've, I've just called my mother and she ain't got nothing for me. Oh, you know. Well, like everyone sucked. That's yeah. hard. But it's because of the environment I grew yeah, up in. I yeah, didn't realise how abnormal it was yeah, and, until I grew up in it. Yeah, and with and so, an environment like, like that, it's hard to then find people who do make you feel safe because you wouldn't. it would make you feel uncomfortable, right? Because you'd be like, what's this? Why are they yeah. being so caring? Like, that's not what you're used to. Yeah, and it takes a while to learn that. Yeah. And so by the time I get to 27, I'm like, okay, I've traced the pattern now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm gonna need to just do something healthy for myself because like she'll leave me to die part two. Yeah. Like if I let the, let it get to that point. So I need to just take care of myself for a bit. And maybe I, if I, I can't take care of anyone else if I can't take care of myself. Yeah. And so that was kind of where I got. So like, I presume somewhere in that situation she was diagnosed, but I have no bloody idea. Wow. So she didn't, yeah, she never told you and said this is happening at all. No. So when did you... I actually never spoke to her again. She died before I got to speak to her. Oh, God. Wow. So me fixing myself was like, sorry, you don't get to do that either. Wow. That's really hard. Yeah. I had a lot of therapy, so I can talk about it. I was just going to say, you must have, because the way you are talking about it is... Like, what you're talking about is a lot of of trauma. So painful. And you are talking about it so... clearly as someone who's been able to process some of it but obviously that it's so difficult been there done that is a show that tells the real life stories of the baby boom generation host joanne allen is a public radio veteran who talks with other boomers about the things they've experienced some stories are serious like the interview joanne did with her 80 year old sister who was hospitalized Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With COVID last year, during the early stages of the pandemic, some are poignant, like the retired cop who becomes emotional in defending the need to defund the police following the murder of George Floyd. Some are unbelievable, like the man who accidentally crashed his plane for the dumbest of reasons. And some are light-hearted, like the woman who found herself dancing in a bar run by the Boston mob after they made her an offer she couldn't refuse. Been There Done That with Joe and Allen is available wherever you get your podcasts or at beentheredonethatpodcast.com. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So did you just get a phone call saying she's she's died? Is that what happened? Yeah, oh, uh, I actually that. got a I got a LinkedIn message from what a person in that used to go to the same school as me who just reached out and said, "Oh, your mother's dead, and the funeral is dot dot dot," and uh, I was like, "What?" I was like, this is bullshit. But, but also, like, like Cartman, she used to do loads of kind of, like, crying wolf situations. Yeah, yeah. And so for years before the estrangement, like, she'd call me off tours. She used to call record companies that I was doing features with and say, she's not picking up. Why? I'm like, I'm doing a gig. I can't... Yeah. Like, ah! And then, down, sorry, hi, mom, you're right. Like... <laughs> Like, it was like, why aren't you jumping when I ask how high? Yeah, God. Do you think she found it hard then if you were kind of making a life for yourself, becoming successful? Do you think that was very difficult for her to deal with that well, you were a stranger? I wasn't even okay. becoming successful. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't even successful. I was still dodging the bailiffs. It's just <laughs> that, like, <laughs> when, we, when, when this was happening, but by the time we were estranged, I'd, like, I'd managed to kind of, like figure out via the power of dance music how to build a little nest egg for myself by being what I call the non-featured feature where like I would sing the vocal but I wouldn't get any of the PR because I didn't want to put my name out as something that didn't define exactly who I was I didn't want to be genreed and so like I did songs for like Chase and Status, for Subfocus, for Duke Dumont, um, one of which went to number two in the UK. Um, remember Won't Look Back? Won't look back, won't look, won't look back. Da, da, da. That was me. Like <laughs> uh, like all of that wow. stuff. And the neighboring rights, the the royalty for the performance royalty was like when it gets into the top five, it is toasty. <laughs> and so like even if you're not like a writer on that, like some yeah, of them yeah. I was a writer, some of them I was just a performer. But like um the whole function of it was to keep me ticking over. And in fact that song won't look back paid and uh, uh, the song I said with, with Subfocus um, paid to start me in music, wow. you know? Um, and so, so you, yeah. So you get this LinkedIn message and you're like, what the fuck? What happened? Did you, did you head back home? Did you make it to the funeral? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I found out about it. I was living in Bristol at the time. I'm only 
you know, 50 minutes away. Wow. And uh, I got on my motorcycle and I like went to the funeral. Like it was how like- How was that? Like how was even walking into that service, you know? Like how, I, I can't even imagine. Well, it was like, no one knew if I was gonna turn out. Mm. And then I was there and there was hardly anybody there because mm. as funny as she was, she was like just your token black lady. And also for the people that got the good side of her, they needed to get continual good side of her to be like, I have a connection to this woman. And so many other people would have either like not had enough of a connection to her yeah. or they did. And then she said something dreadful. <laughs> um, she had a really close friend uh, who um, had a daughter who had learning difficulties and she got bullied a lot. And I was friends with her because I was just like, we need to just protect people like who are being treated shit. Like, you know, if I can't get that, at least maybe I can deliver some of that. And that she said, she reiterated one of the terms that this kid used to be bullied by and her mother just cut her clean out. Yeah. And they used to be tight. They were like besties. And then she just went over the line. And I don't know what she thought. She didn't understand the difference between light ribbing and something harrowing. Yeah. And which I was used to dealing with. Like, it was, none of it was easy, but like, they didn't have to deal with that. I had, I had to live with this woman, but they yeah. didn't. And so when I got into the funeral, it was like, there weren't as many people there as there could have been. Yeah. Because everyone that claimed to care or that were like tight with her, like there weren't that many people that really were that connected. And so I was like, okay, well, there are some people here. So it's, 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 that's something and yeah and who, like who had organized it had just someone like someone else had just dealt with it like you didn't know admin got sort of thrown your way or anything like that no no um not until later just uh, other members um family were alerted and yeah that must be so oh i mean it's a lot obviously it's a lot to deal with is like not the phrase carry out <laughs> it's like it doesn't cover it but um it <laughs> I'm just trying to think like no. to just have to yeah and I think it is like you said when obviously she she did have issues in her communication <laughs> shall we say and so like you said those people that might have stayed around then she, she's burning bridges like all over the place Including with her own daughter, you know, and then if she, if you're at that generation that wouldn't go, wow, something's wrong with this person, I should get therapy, I should get help, you're just like, that's just how I am. It's a very lonely mm. place to be, but that obviously doesn't excuse her behaviour or how difficult it must be to be with. No, and, um, and I think that's why I stuck around and I always tried to be that person to lean on, because I was like, the, the alternative is really lonely. Yeah. And so but then that's I kind so of hard burned... for you to take that, all that pressure yeah and so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna be dead and then she's gonna be alone anyway yeah so, it, so you can't win here no, if can't. i'm dead you're alone if yeah. i maybe preserve myself maybe i can re-enter with yeah. a bunch of therapy and some brand new boundaries and maybe i can give this another go where things are different where it's not you're providing the same thing and i'm providing the same thing you know, it's like, I need to bring something different to this situation because yeah, yeah. you're not going to. And yeah. so, and so that was the attempt <laughs> and to do that because they wouldn't let me stop serving. Yeah. She wouldn't let me stop serving her. She called me for any random thing just to prove she had control over my life. Yeah. And so the, the, the cut had to be complete for me to be able to do it. I had to know where she was, but she couldn't know where I was. So that if I wanted to make a reconnection, I could put that out there. If she wanted to, she could. We'd been estranged before just because she just grown tired of being a parent. Right. And so I knew that like there was a risk that she'd just be like, ah, actually I'm over it anyway, hashtag yawn. Like, so it was really, you know, just, it was a risk. Yeah. And I was aware that it was a risk. And I, I think it's incredible that you did do that really because it it's hard 
it's hard especially when a relationship with a parent is destructive but if that's what you've known it's like familiar food isn't it it's like well yeah. the taste I know it's not good for me but that's what I've always eaten so and it's it takes so much strength and courage to pull away and go I'm not this is like you said I think what you said there is really interesting of like they aren't going to change what they're serving so you have to change and be like well all I can I can't fix this person I can't change them all I can do is change myself fix how I'm approaching it and all of that stuff how did you begin the approach the process of of grieving because you know you, you didn't get to speak to her you know you hadn't you were estranged at like how where do you even begin with grief in that situation so here's what I didn't realize when it came like to so to sever a tie with a parent is is grief mm. but I didn't realize what I had to do to be able to not react to a message or to not reach out. Because my whole life previous was just dropping everything and running. Yeah. And so, like, I had to reprogram how I felt. And I was like, I don't know how I can do that. I don't have the psychopath thing. I can't just flip the switch. I'm disabled with these emotions. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to tell myself every morning that she's dead. So every morning I wake up and go, you're an orphan. She's dead. She's gone. You're alone. You're the last stop. It's down to you now. And every, and I was, every morning when I brush my teeth, I tell myself, and about a year into it, I really like got hit in the chest. Like the, <gasps> the it's just me it's just me I'm the last stop now like and she was still alive but in my mind in like it I was like because then I I I went back to I've only told you like a couple stories of like there are hundreds all equally hilarious and harrowing in equal measure of just miss like abuse yeah including like like to touch on things she used to put fake cream on my skin because she didn't want me to be dark and she was like, um, no one likes dark people, let's oh. fade you. And uh, stay out of the sun, blah, blah. Like, loads of people deal with that. But when I'm, I don't have a problem with being dark. Yeah, but I do. And so it was like, yeah, she put like, really heavy makeup on me to make me fade out before that. And loads of weird stuff that's yeah. not, not right. Yeah, not, not even <clears throat> close to right. <laughs> yeah, not not right not right at all and i just think not right that's and so like all of those things that are like especially culturally in higher melanated cultures where fake cream is like a thing i'm like i know it's a thing that occurs but none of that is right and everyone is being damaged by its their relationship to those products like just to, to be like you know your actual hue the, the way you came out is a problem you're nine we need to fade you no no that's not okay i still have to argue this with people if they take a photo of me and they want to use a filter that yeah. makes me look like five shades lighter i'm like why are you doing this to me i'm chocolate I want to be chocolate. It's fun. It's really nice. I'm never going to age. Do you realize how powerful that is? <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, mate, when you already said that I was 27, I was like, what? She was twi- How old is she? What? Like, my brain was I'm like... I'm 38 now. No. Go on, take a look. Oh, my look, God. Find a line on this bitch. <laughs> it ain't happening. Not today, not never. But oh like... <laughs> but... I don't. I don't want to be any other kind of brown. No, I've always been like this, and, and I. That was great. obviously so wrapped up in her own issues. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, she hated like, herself. Yeah. To the very core, she hated so much about herself, and I'm aware of that. I knew she hated herself. Yeah. I'm like, I'm cute. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I was but like, I think what I, that's really interesting. What you're saying about. Um, the, the estrangement and I've talked to other guests who've been estranged and they said a similar thing <clears throat> that the grief is they're all they are already you've already lost what should be a parent you don't you haven't had the parent so you're already yeah. in that process and although that of course when someone dies it's it's different 
you're already yeah. on the journey to it because you don't have them in your life in the way that you want to have them in your life because of their behavior or because of your relationship mm-hmm. and so I think that's yeah it's I've heard that before of like having to just in your head yeah they're dead because they, they are in a way to you in that relationship and so it must be really hard to kind of find a place for the for the grief because you're yeah you're already in grief when when did you go to therapy was it like uh, was it after she died or had you already begun that process oh it was well oh, yeah. before <laughs> good, good obviously you don't yeah. get through any of this no. with any sense of joy without a whole load of therapy yeah. and so yeah i had to go to therapy on the nhs um and um anywhere i could find it from like even like cognitive behavioral therapy and the idea to kind of view situations from like above and the idea of removing yourself from a situation yeah i i tried i did everything to get as many different angles on my grief i think my grief has been perpetual Mm. because i uh, when i was five and i had to tell her not to hit me with lead piping i was in grief yeah, because that's like, not this what is your, your mum should do, you know? That's not what mums no. are meant to be, yeah. No, and I wasn't supposed to be that aware. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be more blissfully ignorant than I was allowed to be. And I definitely had more than my fair share of times of blissful ignorance still, but I was aware that I was maybe a notch less than I needed to be. Yeah. And I was like, I would really like to just be dumber right now. Yeah. Like, it would be real great to not have to be aware of this, but I am. And so, like, when it comes to the need of therapy, um, yeah, I just always try to keep abreast of everything. I try to talk as much as I could um, about my life experience, whether anyone wanted to hear it or not. I just try to kind of just be aware of my mental state and to do things that at least the worst case scenarios were like I I was being vocal and always on a quest to find people who would want to kind of speak to me about like their lives and that we had an exchange and as time went on I found appreciably more people that would do that but like in these weird codependent relationships Mm. where you are like someone's some brand new narcissist's bestie (laughs) and they'd listen to you they'd listen to all of your problems as long as you'd serve them for all eternity so I had like a a string of like friends um, who were like all you have to do is serve me forever that's all it is not too much to ask is it (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's I mean it's kind of fair like you know if you think about it I'm great uh, so doesn't seem that you know, bad a deal. Yeah. Yeah, right? I'm pretty awesome. You get to be around me whilst I'm being awesome. All you have to do is serve me. Um, and I will listen to anything that you have to say, kind of, before I make it about me. And like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that was more than I had at the time. Yeah. And so it but took, of course, it, after what it, you've it, been through, like, I'm not surprised. And I think it's in, what's um, commendable is that you have the self-awareness now and then, obviously, to be like, oh, I see what's happening. I see this pattern. Like, because there's so many people who, who really struggle to get themselves out of what situations like that and like you said you were born into that you didn't you know you just arrived <laughs> like you didn't I, do anything or like no. what it, it just it's just yeah the way the it cards was. were dealt it was always yeah so it was always going to be this way i was always going to find people that wanted yeah. to have had that the controlling element like my mother had that had the neglecting element yeah that had the mind games element that had the narcissistic element I, because all of that was normal. I was yeah. always going to find these people. And I was always going to find other people that told me, because of society, that that's the, the best that I could expect. expect because mm. society doesn't, certainly not in England, I don't know, outside of anything that Issa Rae or Michaela Cole have um, produced, I don't remember seeing a bunch of shows um, where there was a black lady just having a regular time. No, 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 no. And I think, like, yeah, you know, especially, yeah, England and Michaela Cole and what's happened recently. And that's really recently, you know? Like, that's like really the last... Really recently. Five years, I think, chewing gum must have been. And then, obviously, um, I went to destroy yeah. you was last year. So, like, yeah, it's it's a very recent change in our, in our culture, definitely. Um, 
how do you feel now like obviously you're having like this incredible success how does how does that feel like is that hard because of what you've come from and because of those voices or have you had enough therapy that you're like yeah I can embrace this and this is exactly what I deserve well I a bit of both to be honest Mm. like I still struggle to reward myself for like things and I, I think partly it's because I can see through some things so when great things are happening I celebrate different things so I celebrate like I put together a band I had time during the pandemic to just make friends here in America and that really see me and like I was able to do that so right up until like my mother's funeral I don't think I was able to do that Mm. and I think once she was actually gone I was released from this mission to fix myself for her Um, and I was able to just to start doing my life and like I I was like, well, this isn't a dress rehearsal and you'll, you'll know this. I say this to anyone that's lost a parent. The size of a casket is disappointing. <laughs> yeah. When you look at it, when you look at it, you're like, why is that so tiny? Yeah. Because their personality, you even sometimes because of their personality, you think they're bigger yeah. or taller or broader. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, well, that's a freaking letdown. Are you <laughs> kidding me? This yeah. is it. This is the big old dang 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 dang. This is the thing that this is this is a whimper. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is BS. This ain't me. <laughs> I think especially like, if you've had a parent that was like like you. Do, I love what you said. Like she was an event. Like my dad was also like my the way I describe was like you knew he was in the room. Like, you know, yeah. it wasn't someone you're like, oh, how long have you been there? You were like, as soon as it was at the door, you're like, oh, there he is. And I think if you've had a parent <laughs> like that, and then you see, like you said, that I totally understand that coffin being like, God, is that it? <laughs> like, because right? when they were alive, it did not feel like that. It felt much no. louder. Like it was up to 11 with that person. And now yes. you realize the sort of the sort of flattening of death that, you know, it is just a body. And yeah, that that's what you're left with. Yeah, and it seems it seems like such a kind of again back to South Park, a South Park ending. Like a real like a real da 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 yeah. like situation. Yeah. Like there's nothing like it's so it's such a damp squib. Mm. Like for anyone that's had like especially for the big personality people, it's like wow. That is BS. Yeah. And so I was like, well, so if all of everything that's a big old deal in life boils down to that freaking pitiful situation, I better get to living yesterday. Yeah. And so I was like, well, thank God for therapy. Glad I started that early. <laughs> because I don't know if I would have drawn that from this situation. But thankfully, yeah. because of therapy, I did. And I was like, Woo, bitch, not today. And so I was like, yeah, I need, I really, really need to just think, what do I really want from this thing called life? Because clearly none of us are getting out of this thing alive. And we're not supposed to. Um, (laughs) And so that's when I really... I started imposing some boundaries. I must start making some serious enemies up in this bitch because you know what happens when you decide to have some boundaries. People are like, but I could ride you like a prize pony (laughs) all the way to the store. And now I can't. How dare you? You you uppity, uppity lady. How very dare you decide that you have agency yeah, yeah you don't yeah. get to have agency i've never seen a movie or a tv show or even a bloody advert that shows you having a nice time <laughs> you don't get to have an you don't get to have a nice time yeah that's the most you can hope for no the most you can hope for is to be accepted by some merciful bros yeah. who, who will only ride you slightly on the way to the bank um, and therein lies your life. Enjoy yeah. it. At the point of her funeral, like, um, I was riding my bike home and that's when Break the Bow came into my head from the record. Wow. Like, immediately, it was like I had been stunted creatively, obviously. <laughs> um, I'd been surrounded by people who would happily leave me for dead. 
and did more importantly yeah. <laughs> and when I was homeless and when like, it felt like the it felt like that I was finally going to able to finish my grieving process so I started it probably around 27 and finished it around oh goodness gracious yeah about age 30 wow yeah yeah I'd say so about I, I probably finished it around age 30 to 31 and do you feel finished process. do you feel like because I feel like it's very ongoing like things still happen that set me off and I'm most I'm like I'm mostly fine but like I feel like I still but do you feel like it's it's just a thing that is is done with uh m I, like you say mostly mostly like, yeah yeah my, yeah you know it's like it's mostly all there but like you can still have like a moment but i think you can it's hard to know because yeah. i think that anything like you can still have moments where anything that's sad makes you cry yeah. i could cry because a dog's freaking being taken care of someone on bloody super vet or some yeah. crap you know like like things like things still make me emotional mm. like i don't think i'm ever not going to react to things emotionally the one thing i recognize as this isn't just like oh that's sad and that like gets me in a moment is that the never really having had a proper mother mm. experience and knowing that i will never have that in that biological way um and it's not out of like they didn't know me or it's like no you had the full experience and you still didn't have the full experience yeah. like that doesn't leave you um, yeah. it definitely gets easier as you get older because you less need that figure and i think some people like they recognize that you never didn't have that and then they try and fill that in but you're like i'm grown yeah. <laughs> i don't need a teat to suckle from anymore like don't try and do that to me yeah. honestly i just want to be seen by people and but, yeah. uh, but it doesn't leave you that doesn't leave you that's 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 what it is that's so like, interesting that kind of need yeah because um i interviewed do you know dorno porter she's a like um she used to be a tv presenter and writer british yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she lost her mum when she was six and and she said the same thing that she she doesn't mind mothering people. She feels like she's very good at that. But she says, as soon as somebody starts trying to mother her, she's like, well, what are you doing? Because she just isn't a feeling that she, you know, had a lot because her mum died when she was so young. And I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're, what you're describing is like, the feeling of sadness is there. And then sometimes people try and fix that. And it, it's not something that needs fixing. It's just something that is. And if someone can accept that about you yeah. and be like, that's just something that she carries, that's her pain and she's dealt with it and it will always be there mm -hmm. rather than like, oh, let me mother you because you didn't have it. Like that's, like you said, you've you've worked through so much and you've been through so much. It, it, like, yeah, you, you're not going to suddenly turn around and be like, oh yes, you can mother me. Like that's, that's not how a brain Hey, work. rando, I yeah, literally yeah. just met you. You can, like, I for people that I do have a, a longer standing connection with, yeah. I am a bit of a, a mummy lover. If I've dated somebody, their mum stills like, how's Yona? <laughs> I still have friends, people that I dated their son, I still talk to their mum on Facebook. <laughs> like, so, like, I clearly have, like, this, like, yes to the mothers. Yeah. Like, I still, I still, like, go towards that. But you can't just elect yourself into no. my life yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh like i think that's something that can happen sometimes people go oh i'd love to have you as a daughter and i'm like cool i don't know you <laughs> <laughs> it's late it's late for that like yeah i've, I've been through yeah. that yeah i think especially when you've been through stuff as a young person you do have to develop like a very strong practicality and quite a toughness and those things also are useful. Like they also can then be useful. So they're hard to like drop because they also help you yeah. get by in situations. So yeah, like- it's, I know. It's, it's that- I just end up, it becomes more about, it's more that like people used to weaponize my emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, so they'd be like, oh, you feel things and you have this real sense of conscience. Let's use that. Yeah. And so like, it was never really like, uh, I never got a break from being a person that feels. And so, yeah, like I won't let anyone elect themselves into my life. I'll be like, this is about consent and I have to be part of that decision for you to 
be in my life in my space and then when you are then I'm ridiculously sentimental <laughs> and I receive all adoration and give in equal measure that's yeah. that's how I function but I just it's it's less uh you know like a like a not really being with a willing to be mothered because there'll be three mothers that if they do hear this will be like I'm mother living shit at you I know <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah we don't want that like if you if you're in the cats like, where you pass the test Yola still thinks that's fine like we're not kicking anyone yeah, out yeah we're, we're good no one's out that's already <laughs> yeah, in yeah yeah you're <laughs> in you're in <laughs> I'm very sympathetic. Once like, you're in, you're in. Yeah, once you're in, the same. Though. Once you're in, you're in. And it and then sometimes I think if I if someone clicks with me straight away, they'll be like, Oh, she's so friendly to everyone. I'm like, no, no, no. You're in. Like you don't realise this is special. <laughs> and then they might be flippant. I'm like, Do you not realise the club is tiny? There's like six people in here. You've got in. <laughs> Like, and now you're in, you're in. And it takes them a while to be like, oh, I just thought you were really nice to everyone. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, friendly, no, friendly, under no yes. Circums- but yeah. once someone's in and they've got there and they're part of you, like, yeah, it takes, it's, it, it's a, you know, you're a paid up member now. That's it, you're staying. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I say this to people. I was talking to Megan Coleman, my drummer in the US. Um, I, I, she was like, I'm like, you're stuck with me now, bitch. And she's just like, I'm like, I love you. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. Like, <laughs> I, I could have I just liked you, but now, all, hey, when I'm dead, you're free. Yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that I'm like, but, I, but I'm not like that. And the number of times, like, you know, I've just kind of moved house again and people go, ooh, I hear you've moved into the area. Let's do this. Or we could, let's do this and blah, blah. I'm like, sweetie. Have we had a conversation even? <laughs> I don't know if you've made it to the you, list. You're on the other I list. Don't like, you're on the, you're totally fine, but yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yola, I could, I could talk to you for so long, but I know that you have to go and do big, important things. Um, thank you so much for talking to me um, about Margaret and your experience. And just, I just want to say hats off to you because I just think... The music that you create out of that situation is, is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So beautiful. And obviously, no one wants to have trauma so they can make great music. But the way that you've dealt with it is just, yeah, hats off to you. Because I can just tell how much you've worked through and how much you've been through. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. I really appreciate it. You can follow Yola on Instagram and Facebook at I am Yola official. That's Y-O-L-A. And you can follow her on Twitter at I am Yola. Her new album, uh, Stand For Myself, is out now, available to buy. It's amazing. And she has another album from before that called Walk Through Fire, which is also incredible. I thoroughly recommend you buy them or stream them, download them, whatever way you are listening to music these days. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was recorded remotely. Uh, Yola was in Nashville. I was in London. It was edited by Kate Holland and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. <laughs>